Welcome to the Hope United Podcast, where we're creating a culture of worship, family, and discipleship. We hope this message challenges, inspires, and gives you hope today. If you like this podcast, remember to share and subscribe. We're starting a new series called The Gift of Giving. Somebody say that with me. The Gift of Giving. What do you mean by that? Well, Many times we want to be blessed. We want to know that side of God that we talk about so often and experience the blessings of God that our needs are met, that we have left over, and we're going to talk about that. How does that happen? What spiritual principles need to be in place? How do I need to line up with God's blessing so that it gets on my finances? Anyone would like to hear a little bit of that today? Amen. Let's start here in Acts 20, verse 35. And the Apostle Paul says, And I have been a consistent example of how you can help those in need by working hard. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus, It is more blessed to give than to receive. When I was young, I um, really looked forward to Christmas because on Christmas, I received a lot of gifts. How many people like Christmas because you like to receive gifts? And um, so I would get up early as a child. I would go underneath the tree and see what was for me. And it was exciting. But as I got older, the... Excitement changed. I, I, I was excited about Christmas for a different reason. I was excited because it was an opportunity for me to give. And I actually became more excited as I grew up about getting the right gift and seeing someone that I loved open up that gift and unwrap that gift on, on Christmas. So the same is true in the spiritual When we first come to Christ, we're so amazed. We're awestruck by all these gifts that we're receiving from God. But as we mature in Christ, we actually now become more focused on how can I give? How can I give back to God? How can I give to others around me? How can I contribute? So my focus as I mature shifts from receiving to giving. And we really begin to understand scriptures like this, Acts 20, verse 35. In the words of, of, of Jesus, it's more blessed to give than to receive. As we mature, giving becomes the focus. Still, I, I love to receive. That Don't get me wrong. I love to receive. But oftentimes I find myself more excited about the prospect of giving. Jesus gave his life for us. God gave us Jesus. And now we want to be like God. We want to be like Christ. We want to emulate his example. And so we want to become givers. God wants us to be like him. And God is generous. And we see the life of Christ and the ministry of Christ. There was never a situation that he walked into that he left in lack. There may have been lack when he showed up. But when he walked out, there was abundance. There was 4,000 people, right? At least 4,000 men, right? Not counting women and children. And 
Jesus gets done doing his work and his ministry, and there's more than enough left over. There's leftovers. Everybody gets fed. Everybody has enough. But there's not just enough. There's more than enough. 5,000 people. Another whole different story. Jesus comes, feeds the 5,000, and there's baskets and baskets left over. Over and above. Jesus never enters a situation and leaves it in lack. We want to be like our big brother Jesus. We want to be like our heavenly father, God, who is a giver. Proverbs eleven twenty five tells us about generosity. It says, a gen- the generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Right. When we talk about giving, this is such a great passage because it shows us what generosity brings us into. When I develop the spiritual attitude that it's better to give than to receive, I put the spiritual principle to work in my life of generosity. The scripture says it clearly. The generous person will be made rich. They will be enriched. So when we have the right attitude towards giving, we become generous and we begin a cycle of blessing in our life. When we're generous, there's always a blessing. There's always another blessing on the way. Let's look at the amplified version for a moment. Of the same passage, Proverbs 11, verse 25, it says, The generous man is a source of blessing and shall be prosperous and enriched. Isn't this awesome? This is the way God does things. It's it's so multifaceted. I'm able to be generous and be a source of blessing to others. And at the same time, be blessed in being a blessing. Isn't that what Abraham, he was blessed to be a blessing? We are in a position with the principles of God, when we operate by the principles of God, that I can be a blessing to someone else, and at the same time, I bring in a blessing back on my family. So God wants us to be generous for many reasons, but two big reasons I'll give you today. Number one, when we're generous, we are more like God. God is a generous God. That is one of his characteristics. It's part of the character of God. He's generous. For God so loved that he gave his very best. When God created the world, he made more than enough. More than enough air to breathe. More than enough plants. More than enough animals. More than enough. Number two, when we're generous, it starts a cycle of blessing. I don't just want one blessing. If you had an option to have one blessing or have a cycle of blessings, what would you choose? A cycle of blessings. When somebody goes and you're watching the, 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 the video when you were a kid and somebody gets three wishes, what's the first thing that you always think about wishing for? More wishes. More wishes. <laughs> it's better to have a cycle of blessing in your life than just a one particular blessing. So when we're generous, we start a cycle of blessings in our lives. The generous person shall prosper is what Proverbs 28, 22 tells us. Or excuse me, Proverbs eleven twenty five. But when we look at Proverbs 28, 22, we see the opposite is true. Greedy people try to get rich quick. How many know there's a lot of get rich quick schemes out there? I am so tired of it. I turn on YouTube. I just want to watch what I want to watch. You're investing in the wrong thing. <laughs> you heard this? It, it, this pitch is old, but it, they, it keeps on playing. Get rich quick schemes are always out there. Greedy people try to get rich quick 
but don't realize they're headed for poverty. This is a tough truth, but it is a true truth. I've seen it so many times. People that chase after money always end up not with what they expect. Proverbs tells us greedy people end up in poverty. And it makes me sad when I see certain people that, that you know, I'm, I'm always putting my heart out there, always loving people. It makes me sad when I see somebody that's chasing after money. Because I know in the end, it's not going to fill them up. When the highest priority becomes money, you're putting your relationships to the side. You're putting your family to the side. And more importantly, you're putting your relationship with God to the side. That type of thinking always ends in poverty. But I love this. What Jesus said in Matthew 6.33, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. So, if I put money first, I end up in poverty. But if I put God first, I end up with everything I need. I love that. If I put money first, I end up in poverty. But if I put God first, I end up with everything I need. Priorities are important. What does God say in the Ten Commandments? He said, you can have none beside me. You have no idols. Sometimes money can be an idol. Priorities. God wants you to be blessed. God wants me. God wants us to be blessed. But he gives us the roadmap to us. He says, put the focus on the right things. Seek first the kingdom of God. Then everything you need will be added. Build up the kingdom of God and God will build you up. Honor God first and he will honor and elevate you. The generous person will prosper. It's more blessed to give than to receive. I can attempt to build myself up without God's help. There's plenty of Christians that do that, right? They love the Lord, they come to church, but yet they try to make money the same way or deal with money, have outlook on money the same way or a similar way than everybody else does. I can attempt to build myself up without God's help or I can put God first and He will build me up. It's incredible. One option, all the responsibility falls on me. The second option, all the responsibility falls on God's word. I like option two. I don't know about you, but I like option two because I'm fairly confident in my abilities, but I am very confident in God's abilities. I am very confident in God's word. I know that sometimes I can make stuff happen, and sometimes I can't. But I know that God's word never returns void. So when I build my life on his principles, I will succeed. I will be undefeated if I'm falling back on God's word. So Acts 20.35 says, It's more blessed to give than to receive. So if your last move is to reap, there's no future harvest. Think about this for a second. If your, first, if your last move is to reap, then there's no future harvest. But if your last move is to sow, there is always a harvest on the way. Correct. It's better to give than to receive. So let your last move be to give. As soon as I receive, this is how I operate, I'm already earmarking portion of that harvest to sow. We have to become intentional with God's word. There's so many amazing promises in the Bible, 
but we oftentimes underutilize them. It's like God gives us a gift and we tuck it away somewhere out of sight. And God is saying, no, I meant for this to enrich your life. I meant for this to bless you. I meant for this to elevate you. I meant for this to make you the city on the hill. But you're missing it. As soon as I receive, I'm thinking about what do I want to give? What do I, who I want to give to? What ministry? What ministry project do I want to bless? If it's truly better to give than to receive, as soon as I receive, I'm already looking for a kingdom opportunity to give. A part of every harvest that I receive is going to be earmarked as a seed. We have to be intentional with the promises of God. Listen, a foolish man eats all his harvest. A wise man saves and sows. Think about this in, in agriculture terms. Think about this as a farmer. If a farmer takes his whole harvest and eats everything, he starves. But if a farmer saves some and sows some, he has a blessing, he has a harvest, and he has options. What I, what I want to present to you today is that a man who eats and spends everything ends up with nothing. A man that saves and sows ends up with blessings and options. If you spend everything, your options will be limited. If you save and sow, your options will be you will have options and you will have blessings. They will grow. The person with money in the bank, they can have, they can go out and they can buy a red car. They can buy a blue car. They can buy a big car. They can buy a small car. They can wait and buy their car later. They have options. The person with no money in the bank, they have limited options. They can buy no car or they can do something desperate. Right? A bad decision that they regret later. We have to make a decision to be a saver and be a sower. It's a decision that we make. The incredible thing is this. When we sow into the kingdom, we're actually sowing and saving at the same time. Watch this scripture. When I sow into the kingdom, I'm actually sowing and saving at the same time. Jesus said in Matthew six nineteen, he said, Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroy them, and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven, where moths and rust cannot destroy, and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there your desires of your heart will be also. Now, I don't think Jesus is saying, like, don't have any earthly investments at all or don't have a bank account. I don't think that's what he's saying. I think what he's saying here is the biggest investment that we should make as Christians is into the kingdom of God. The biggest part of our portfolio should be the investments that we make into the kingdom of God, where moths can't eat away and rust can't destroy and thieves can't break in and steal it because I've stored it in a place that that can't happen. Sowing a seed. When I seek first the kingdom of God, this is, this, is, this is the incredible thing. When I seek first the kingdom of God, I make an investment in the kingdom. It causes me to prosper. And that type of generosity will cause me to be more like him. And my heart will be drawn towards heavenly things. The end of this, Matthew 6, 21 says, wherever your treasure is, 
There the desires of your heart will be also. So when I sow into the kingdom, I'm actually drawn more towards the kingdom. When I, when I give towards kingdom things, my heart is drawn towards the kingdom of God. Where my treasure is, my heart is. So I feel I'm growing closer to God. I'm growing closer to the things of heaven when I'm sowing into heavenly things. Sowing a seed, though, and giving, it's countercultural. It's opposite to the way the world thinks. The world says, how can I gratify myself? How can I buy myself that gift? How can I do this for me? It's the opposite way. The world thinks the opposite way. Giving is about denying self. Giving is about delaying gratification. And that's exactly what the, the foundation of Christianity is. It's self-denial, not doing things my way, but doing things God's way. Delayed gratification, making sacrifices here that I can rule and reign with him there. Sowing a seed or giving is countercultural. There's part of when we talk about money in church and we talk about certain spiritual principles, it offends the flesh. There's a part of us that gets offended when we talk about certain spiritual things. Certain parts of our natural thinking, certain parts of our flesh, and the Bible says that. The Word of God, Scripture, is an offense to the flesh. That's why a lot of times when we talk about our culture, our culture is like, well, shh, let's not talk about Jesus. That's inappropriate to talk about that right there. Why? Because the Word of God and the things of God offends the flesh. But God has a roadmap to bless us, and it is countercultural. First, we have to understand, though, what a seed is. We talk a lot about a seed, but how many people would like to know what a seed is? Because if you want to decide if you're going to give a seed or if you're not going to give a seed, you need to know what a seed is, right? Well, a seed is not a tithe, and a tithe is not a seed. Let's talk about this for a second. Tithe is a covenant, and when we pay a tithe, it's not really even giving. It's I'm paying a tithe because it's a covenant agreement that was established with God. So when we pay a tithe, we're paying a tenth of what we make as a covenant to God. We're essentially tilling the ground. We're making the ground fertile. Tithing gives us access to God's financial promises. I think a lot of times people don't, don't realize this. When we don't tithe, you don't really even have access to those same promises. And so we can, you can quote it all you want. You can throw a seed on the ground and say, ooh, 30, 60, 100 fold, and you can dance around. And it just doesn't work like that because tithing makes the ground ready. Tithing is what makes covenant happen. Listen to this. Tithing protects the harvest. The seed produces the harvest. The seed is what causes the increase. The seed is what God blesses 30, 60, and 100 fold. Tithe protects the increase. The two of them go hand in hand, tithe and offering. Listen to what Malachi said. This is Malachi 3, and what had happened historically is the people of God had stopped giving. They had stopped doing tithe. They had stopped doing offerings. And God was saying something to his people through Malachi. And so God was saying to them, you have robbed me. You've robbed me with the tithe and the offering. And so he's essentially saying, you've robbed me, robbed me of the tithe, which was due me as per our covenant. Our covenant agreement is 
you give 10% to me and I'm going to bless the other 90%. I'm going to protect. I'm going to rebuke the devourer over your life. And all these, all these additional things that, that come with the covenant. He said, you, you've robbed me of the tithe and you've robbed me of the offering. The offering or the seed. That is the opportunity for me to bless you back. So you've robbed me and you've robbed yourself. You robbed me of the tithe and you robbed me of the offering. This is what God was saying to his people. None of this means anything to you if, if you say, look, I'm not really interested in what you're talking about. Covenant, I just want to come to church. That, look, I understand. Look, you can go, you can take this home, you can pray about it. I'm still going to hug you in the hallway. I'm still going to shake your hand. Still going to be good. But if you're interested in understanding God's covenant and the way that God's economy works, this is how it works according to Scripture. I can't define it. I can't just make the rules up and say, hey, these are what the rules are. This is what the Scripture tells us. It says tithing makes the ground ready. Tithing establishes covenant. It gives the foundation. And the seed is what brings the increase. It takes tithe and offering to be a part of God's economy. This is how the kingdom economy works. Now you say, you know, I'm good with what I'm doing. And maybe you feel that that's working for you right now. We can do things the way the world does them. Or we can do things the way that God shows us, which is so much better. Tithing prepares the ground. It activates the principle of God over your money. The seed produces the increase. The seed is what creates the harvest. The seed is what's multiplied 30, 60, and 100-fold. I promise you, if you get a hold of this, it will totally revolutionize your life. I have, I have grown up, and I have seen the blessings of God. I, I, I grew up tithing on my... Uh, what do you call that? Chore money. I, my allowance, my chore money. I tithe on my birthday money as a kid. I, I, I believe in this. I've seen God's hand at work in this. And I have seen ministries that don't teach tithing, and I've seen the product of that. And so I understand that's out there. And if, if, if that's what you think is correct, then I'm still going to love you. You can still come to church here. <laughs> But I want to tell you, look at the fruit. Jesus says, by your fruit, you will know them. If you look at the fruit of people that don't teach tithe, if you look at the fruit of other Christian friends that say they don't tithe, look at the fruit of their life and look at the fruit of people that know how to tithe and are generous and make your decision after you see fruit. It's more blessed to give than receive. I just want to take a few weeks and, and talk about this as we come up to Christmas time. Because it, Christmas time is a time we talk about gifts. I'm giving gifts to our family, giving gifts to my wife, giving gifts to my kids. See, I'm giving gifts to my dad, evidently. <laughs> but what are we giving? Do we understand? Um, giving gifts to God or giving gifts that he says, I want you to give this gift. I want you to plant this seed into somebody's life or I want you to plant this seed into this ministry function. The journey to generosity makes us more like God. And as we mature, we become more focused on 
the giving side. And God prospers us in our generosity. When we seek first the kingdom of God, he gives us everything that we need. Let's pray today. God, thank you for what you're stirring in our hearts, what you're stirring in this room right now, this revelation, God, because everything that you say to us is to help us be successful in the life that you've given us. Your desire is to bless your sons and daughters. Your desire is not to take from, but it is to add to. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich and adds no sorrow with it. God, I thank you, Lord, that you would stir up in us a heart of generosity. Let us grab a hold of this. God, let us run with it and let it revolutionize our life. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Thanks again for listening. If you like this podcast, remember to share and subscribe. For more information or to connect with us, go to hopeunited.church. And remember, if God is with you, you will be undefeated.